0: Hello, and welcome to the Mothers of All Crime. This is a podcast where we deep dive into mothers involved in infamous crimes and scandals. I'm Monica, and this is Crystal. So, our mom this week is Jennifer Crumbly. That's who we're going to be talking about. And I've watched a lot of videos on YouTube because her whole trial was on YouTube. And I have tried to read as much as I can about her and what's available. But obviously, there's a lot of mixed opinions, and I think it's an interesting case to talk about. So if we want to start talking about Jennifer Crumbly as our mom, I think we need to go back a little bit and talk about the actions of her son. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Because one thing about this case that's so interesting with the things changing is, like you said, her case is on YouTube. So that's not historically been very something that's normal that's public but that's slowly changing and I think how high profile her son became is part of the reason why she herself became so high profile
0: that's interesting
1: so her son we're going to go back to Oxford High School in Michigan on November 30th 2021 her son Ethan was 15 years old and oh went to school like any other day for everybody else. And it turned devastating for so many people in most of that town.
0: Yeah. I mean, so traumatic. He had a nine millimeter, a nine millimeter handgun and started a mass shooting at his high school and ultimately killed four other high school students. Yeah. Yeah. And a teacher was shot.
1: There were, like you said, four students shot. There were six that were had critical injury, and one teacher was also shot in that shooting.
0: Absolutely terrifying and devastating. Although 2021 was a big year for school mm-hmm. shootings. It was a record high that year. Um there's hundreds, literally hundreds of school shootings in 2021 in America. But this one is different than all the others. There's one really, really key difference between this case and all the other cases of school shootings. Um, Because there have been many, many minors that have been perpetrators of school shootings. But Ethan Crumbly is the first one to have his parents criminally charged in connection to their school shooting. Jennifer and her husband James have been... um, accused of and jennifer has ultimately been convicted of involuntary manslaughter which is groundbreaking precedent setting right it's
1: it's a very interesting avenue that the courts decided to take in the prosecutor and there was only one other case in history that a parent was charged responsible for the actions of their child and like you said this is the first time it was a school shooting related one and i have such mixed feelings for it um particularly because ethan himself also was alive and charged which i think is an interesting kind of like factor to it it's not like like, there was he took his own life or there was an incident with him he is still alive he went to court he had his own trial and was convicted as well so that's a key factor that it's not just her. It's her, her husband, and her son. So all three ended up in a court.
0: Yes. And Ethan Crumbly was convicted, got life without parole plus 24 years. So he's not getting out. And like you said, he's already being held responsible for this crime that he committed. And there is no question that he committed it. It was witnessed. It was confessed to. He pled guilty. There is no question at all about who committed the right. shooting.
1: And his com- charges and conviction went through in October of 22. So relatively recent um, compared to some of the other stuff we've talked mm. about. But he ended up having 24 counts charged against him, including terrorism, which I think was an interesting kind of addition yeah. on there. A lot of the other ones made sense, like murder and things like that. But the terrorism one was an interesting addition mm-hmm. um, that they the prosecutors added on yeah. there.
0: Is that not typical for school shooters? It's an interesting one because I
1: think the public opinion. So one thing about this case is public opinion drove a lot of the actions from the prosecutor. And I think public opinion had a lot to do with the 24 total counts. I am not an expert with school shootings, but terrorism by definition typically isn't one that I have seen Um, It might be more popular than Mm -hmm. I'm aware of, but normally you're taking more of the avenue of the guns and the murder, like assaults, um, the injuries, things like that. But the terrorism one was interesting because it was not necessarily motivated in any specific way that relates to terrorism, but he was charged for it. So clearly there was enough for them to be confident in that
0: yeah I mean I guess he did incite terror but I and regardless you can only be imprisoned once at a time like so all of the charges that he got I he could be charged with anything it doesn't matter because he's never getting out of prison anyway so he's done and a lot, a lot of school shootings, especially the, like you said, it ends in the gunman's killing themselves, but Ethan turned himself over to police and there was no suicide by a cop. There was no attempt at suicide. He, it seems pretty clear from his writings and the communications that he had that he knew he was going to spend the rest of his life in prison after this shooting.
1: Yeah, which kind of gives that. It was not, not a surprise. Thought thing. into, like, he was aware. There's no question he was aware of his actions. It wasn't like he had a traumatic break all of a sudden.
0: And, like, he knew what he was doing. Like, looking back at everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He definitely knew what he was doing. He... It was premeditated. He acted alone. But the question, really, when it comes to Jennifer Crumbly, is what responsibility did his parents have in this violent, horrible attack that he carried out? And it's, I think you could make an argument either way. And I, the more I have consumed, the more I feel that it is appropriate for Jennifer and James to be charged. I do think that they are responsible, but I could understand the argument against it. And that's why I'm like looking forward to discussing it with you because it is nuanced
1: And I think one particular thing that was so strong with this case is there were so many indicators that the parents were aware of prior to Ethan to doing his school shooting. So there were moments where the school addressed concerned behavior with them. There were moments where he actually did a drawing of like, a shooting Mm -hmm. and kind of predicting what he was going to do. He made it pretty clear. And this is all looking back at it going, yeah, how did you not see that? But um, particularly with the school addressing these concerns, asking the parents to come pick him up from school. And they said no, because they had to
0: work. You know, that is a very interesting portion of this that I definitely want to talk about. So, on the day of this shooting, which was November 30th, 2021, a drawing was noticed that Ethan Crumbly did, and it was a picture that he had drawn of a gun. It was, there was, um, it said, there, it said, blood everywhere, help me. My life is useless. And there was pictures of blood and shootings and guns. And he was drawing it in class. The teacher brought it to the attention of the guidance counselor, who called his parents. They did both come to the school pretty much right away. But the guidance counselor testified during the trial, and he said that the parents were not acting concerned. That they didn't show any affection or concern for Ethan and it was suggested that they bring him home or bring him to a therapist that very day because the counselor thought that he was at a risk to harm himself. And the parents said that they had to work. And it was shown in court that his mother had a lot of flexibility and could work from home with her Mm. job and that she was still planning, planning on attending a horse riding lesson later that day. Um, and the father, James Crumbly, he's door dashing, right? That's his back to work. So there's no, I mean, there's nobody expecting you yet. So there
1: was no excuse. And that's, I think where you start seeing reasons on them being charged is just the neglect and non-importance that they put towards the circumstance where you have Professional saying that they're concerned about something, and you're just like, No, doesn't matter, don't believe you. When they were totally capable of doing so, right?
0: To be fair, they were not told that they had to bring him home, it was suggested, but it was not, You must take him out
1: of here, and that's going to come back later for the school and
0: problems with them, too. Definitely, there's definitely there's issues on all sides, but I think that there's a very important piece of information that it would have been good for Mr. and Mrs. Crumbly to explain to the school while they were discussing this drawing, and that is another very important factor in this case, and that is that James Crumbly had recently purchased a nine millimeter handgun for his son. His possessions were not searched at school. During this drawing incident, but maybe he would have been searched if the school was aware that he had been given a gun for Christmas.
1: And that's where I think it's interesting is coming from that area, getting your son a gun for Christmas is not super abnormal, but it's more of the fact Mm -hmm. that when he bought the gun... Because obviously you can't buy a gun for a minor. So he would have bought it in his name, gave it to his son. But it was never properly stored in the home. And Ethan had open access to it. And I think that's more of the key. Because in the state, 40% of people in Michigan own a gun. There's hunting and they're extremely familiar with it and just personal safety and things like that. But if you're not taking those precautions when you have it in the home that's when things start to get sticky.
0: Well, I will say when I originally started looking at this case, I thought that only the the dad should have been charged because the dad purchased the gun, gave him access to the gun, and I thought maybe Jennifer would get off because she was less accountable. But the day prior to the shooting, Jennifer Crumbly took Ethan to the shooting range, They both shot his new 9mm handgun, and when they returned to the house, instead of taking the gun and putting it in a locked area that was hidden from their son, she left it in the trunk of the car. And she later went on to claim that her husband secured it and locked it up, and that's where it was, but the last adult known to definitely have control of the gun was her, and that she left it in her trunk. So yeah, and again, she gave him off, access. Circling back
1: to the access, um, because I feel yeah. if you're a lot of gun stores, the NRA, things like that, when you have children in the home, it's highly encouraged to teach your child to understand what it is, how it works, things like that, because that's when if they don't understand, they think it's a toy, and they can hurt themselves or someone else. So. Them teaching him how to use it, I don't necessarily see the problem, but it's the fact that he had open access to it. Because again, culturally, that area, it's not abnormal for people to have guns in the home.
0: So. And they were a family that went to the shooting range. That is right. a, a thing that they did together.
1: So, so, minus the fact of what Ethan did, him knowing how to responsibly handle that is not necessarily a bad thing. It's the fact that his parents gave him free access to it with no concern of what he could do is, I think, where the issue mainly is. Um, People are going to have different opinions on if minors should be using guns in general,
0: but I feel like that's a completely different conversation. Sure, (laughs) Um, sure. sure. I mean, I think that there's a big reason that minors are not allowed to purchase guns, and that is because they're brains aren't fully developed and they're not considered to be responsible enough to control themselves all of the time. And it's a scary amount of power and danger and responsibility that come with owning mm-hmm. a gun. So if he is being given access to it for hunting or target shooting or whatever activity that's being supervised by his parents, I don't actually have a problem with that, but you're right. He, he, Continued to have access to the gun at home. It doesn't seem like it was a big concern or a big priority to keep this out of his reach. Jennifer bought 100 bullets the day before the shooting. And they used 50 of them. So there are still 50 bullets. And he knows where the handgun is and presumably had access to it.
1: And when you have... A school shooter, there are some characteristics that are pretty common, like for a lot of them, and there's a lot of warning signs. So if your child is isolated, rejected by his peers, bullied often, if there's any, he becomes socially withdrawn, mental health concerns, those are some kind of starts. But then you also don't want to take just your child's getting bullied, he's going to become a danger. Because then it goes into more of... He starts depicting violence in expressional ways. Like the drawing he did that the school pointed out. He could have started doing violence toward animals, increased anger, trouble in the home. Which I think connects to Jennifer was having an affair. And you gotta wonder if Ethan was aware of it.
0: And... Yeah, I mean, she was having, she was having an affair and that was a huge part of the trial. And I personally don't think it's that relevant. Maybe he knew about it, but I don't think that's why he did no. this. I think they just really wanted to make her look terrible in court. Because another thing they brought up constantly, constantly during the trial is that all she cared about were her mm-hmm. horses. Well, again, Jennifer owned two horses And spent about $20,000 the year previously on their care.
1: And don't get me wrong. Horses are not cheap. But I think the reason they did that is to reinforce the characteristics of how to create a school shooter. And if you have neglect, trouble in the house, not getting along, those are going to support Ethan's behavior, which then brings Jennifer responsible.
0: Yeah, I guess that's true. And...
1: 81% of school shooters tell someone before they do it that they're going to do it. And you have to wonder if, like, that got back to him or he did tell somebody. It was pretty general knowledge he had access to this gun. So, like, if he told someone, like, a friend or, like, classmate or whoever, and nobody said anything, like, there's that other question that I'll never get an answer to. (laughs)
0: He did make weird statements to his friend. And there was another risk factor that came up pretty um, recently. I think it was Halloween. His only friend, his best friend, the only person he hung out with outside of school, had moved away. Mm -hmm. And it was out of the blue. And all of a sudden, he doesn't have his friend that he goes bowling with. His only friend that he really hangs out with. One that he had told his his friend multiple times that his... Parents were ignoring him and laughing at him when he was saying that he had depression and that he was seeing demons in the house and that he wanted to see a doctor. He told his friends all of those things and there are text messages that were shown during the trial and the parents say that they did not laugh it off and that those things were exaggerated but I do think that he made disclosures to his friend and to his parents about
1: disturbing thought patterns, at least. So as of kind of, this all, after his incident, obviously, people took to social media with everything else that they do. It's pretty normal these days. And public opinion not only went after Ethan, they went after the parents. And I think that kind of started the idea of prosecutors going after them. Because the one thing with the law and law enforcement is, unfortunately, public opinion drives a lot of cases nowadays.
0: That's true. And the tide turned on them pretty quickly. Parents are always blamed, though, for school shootings. Like, that is the first line of people that are blamed. It's either that or it's bullying or it's some sort of incel situation. But I would say parents are the first people that are blamed. And that makes sense because these are minors that are committing horrific actions. So you think, well, that couldn't happen in a normal family in a normal right. home where love was shown. You're clearly neglectful. But I think that right, but I think that most of the time that has not been the case. I mean, I do think that that a lot of school shooters. And I recently was just reading a book called. Why Kids Kill, and it's about school shooters in America. And I also was looking at the book that was written by um, Sue Klebold, who is the mother of one of the Columbine shooters. She wrote a memoir that was really interesting. And I don't believe that Sue Klebold neglected her son. I don't think that she had any reasonable reason to suspect that her son was going to participate in a massacre. Mm -hmm. But I think that... In the year 2021, we know a lot more about warning signs and that these parents had more of an obligation to be aware that he had so many risk factors to do right. this. And I think that's why they're ultimately being charged when none of these other parents, none of these other hundreds of school shooters, none of their parents were charged. Yeah. It. Although. Oh, know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was just going to say. There were people that were criminally charged after Columbine. Right. And in that situation, the shooters were both dead, but the people who bought their guns were charged with helping them. And I want to—I wrote it down how much time they got served. So two of their friends had helped them acquire weapons after the Columbine shooting. One of them got six years in prison and one of them got four and a half years in prison. And these were people that knew presumably that they were going to commit a school shooting. And the parents in this case are facing up to 60 years.
1: Yeah. That was exactly what I was going to say is there's never been a case that the shooter is living when it's happened. At least that I could find because there have been plenty of examples where Mm. there have been people charged in association, aware accessory, things like that. Kind of like you mentioned with Carl Vine, but like, Having the gunman himself alive and being held responsible and continuing those charges is very interesting. And it could open either a slippery slope to a lot of unnecessary charges, be able to help protect a lot of different people in the future. So it could go really either way.
0: Yes. Definitely a good point. And I think that they're trying to set a precedent. And I don't necessarily disagree with that goal. I I do have some mixed feelings about the parents being charged at all and about the amount of time that they're potentially facing. Um, But I do think that they had a level of responsibility. And if this will make people think twice about allowing their children to have access to weapons then i think yeah so
1: the court case itself um she was charged with involuntary court. manslaughter like you said um and was convicted she when the charges actually went out which i thought mm. was funny that mm-hmm. i didn't know until we started looking into this case is the two parents failed to show up for their arraignment and were hunted by the u.s marshal's Office. They only lasted 24 hours before they they were found. But still, the fact that you thought you didn't have to show up just kind of reinforces that they just didn't take the whole thing seriously. Even after this terrible day, they still were like, meh, it's fine.
0: Like, that's crazy to me. They, they... They were sleeping in a storage unit of, like, their artist friend's loft. It was not a building that you're allowed to sleep in. They were legitimately on the run. And there's a video, a police body cam video, of them being found and being basically shaken awake by cops that are arresting them. They said that they took sure poor are. Xanax <laughs> and that they were sleeping because they were going to turn themselves in in the morning. But I mean, I doubt it. Yeah, you're been gonna on the be. You're, of course, you're gonna turn Prior to charges being announced that. against like, them. Of on course. The <laughs> uh, I just sure, think that's I mean, so it comical. does sound better than we were never gonna turn ourselves in. But someone. <laughs> yeah, someone literally saw on Facebook. A description of their car and the plate number and called nine one one and reported that he saw them in their parking lot where he keeps his cars. And so they were found and charged and they were held on a million dollars for the both of them bond, right. which they didn't have, so they've been sitting and in jail awaiting the trial. Interestingly
1: enough, now that his Jennifer, his wife has been convicted, his husband her husband, James, has made it very clear that he wants a new venue and i think that in his interest is the best thing he can do for his own case is to request a new venue um his justification is that he's not going to be able to receive a fair trial which is his constitutional right since his wife has already been convicted there um i think from the outside perspective you're not gonna have any better luck anywhere else however you're more likely to have someone on a jury there in that district that has been personally affected by this tragedy. So I do see the tactic. Um but overall I don't think it's going to make a huge difference for him.
0: I honestly thought it was kind of strange that they split the trial i think it the was uh unless defense they're not being tried together personally because definitely definitely but yeah.
1: and i also think just from his case is so bad now that she's been convicted the angles that they're going to take for both of them is very different um Her angle very much was you are a bad mother, you had an affair, you cared about your horses more than your kid, you smoked weed, like, you didn't take care of your son like a mother should. And I think dad's angle is going to be very much more of like, you're supposed to teach your kid how to be responsible, you shouldn't have had access, they're going to go more focused on the gun, while mom was more focused on what you should have done as a parent. Again, that assumption,
0: all women are moms. (laughs) That's true. I think that there's an expectation yeah, that all Mm -hmm. mothers just have these innate abilities to predict and prevent any kind of bad behavior on the part of their Mm -hmm. child. And I do think that we are more quick as a society to blame the mother in this situation. That she must have been withholding and neglectful and there's no way they because had a nice mother-son relationship like she claims because, I mean, if you had a nice, right, if you had that relationship with him, none of this would have happened. But I just don't think that that's true necessarily. I think they probably did have an okay relationship. It seems like they did a lot of things together as a family. And he, I mean, I do think that Ethan was a bit of a latchkey kid and that his parents were not home a lot mm-hmm. and he spent a lot of time home alone. But he was fifteen, right? And that's the thing at one point
1: I think is really hard some time to reflect alone? is look at the quote unquote average teenager. They're relatively isolated from their parents. They definitely don't tell their parents everything. They're moody. They're most of them have experienced some kind of bullying. Like a lot of these kids have all these things, and nobody questions it. But then because he did such a traumatic thing everyone's like well he was alone their parents did this without him we're like right you also left your kid home alone when you went to dinner at 15 years old like it's that double standard of it
0: (laughs) yeah I mean at 15 years old at 15 years old you should be a it, it should not be a huge deal for your parents to have a social life and an activities. I sure. mean, maybe it might've been distressing for him if he knew that his mom was having an affair, Sorry. but that's still not, this doesn't justify it. And I don't think,
1: Oh, not at all. And I
0: don't think that Ethan would even say that, that he doesn't blame his parents for this at all. He says that this was a hundred percent his idea that he'd been plotting mm-hmm. to do it, that he's a bad person and that it's not his parents fault but i think as a society we hold people responsible for the actions yeah. of their kids even when and they are their own people and they're making their own decisions
1: absolutely and i think that was you took the words i think right I they were off, willingly like, naive.
0: they, they just, just didn't want, want to, to
1: accept that their child was capable of something like that and it's that idea of deny 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 and hope that nothing happens
0: and i could and understand how
1: that could happen Oh, 100%, because no one wants to think the worst of someone, either their child or their friend, family, nobody wants to think that someone's like that is capable of that, and so confidently capable of that. And I think with him specifically, even if we took the fact of the gun was so easily accessed to him in his home, I strongly believe he would have found a way regardless. He had such a plan and such a mode, personal motivation of it, he was going to do this one way or another. The question is, am I going to use the gun I have easy access to, or am I going
0: to get it somewhere else? I do think, though, that is partially why they're being charged, because parents are supposed to put barriers in place to their kids, harming mm-hmm. themselves or others. Um, it's kind of like taking precautions with a baby, you know, put baby proofing an area so that it doesn't hurt itself. That's your responsibility as the adult. And in this case, it needed to be child. They made it too easy. Yeah. yeah, they made it too easy. They made mm-hmm. it way too easy. But in three years, he could have legally purchased these weapons himself. And maybe this would have just happened in three years. But I don't think the parents would have been charged in that circumstance.
1: Oh, yeah. But he, I also like... There are millions of illegal guns in this country where Mm -hmm. if you want to find one, you can. And I think for him specifically, he was going to do this one way or another. It was just how. And it was that execution of planning it for him. And his parents made it very easy for him where it was just there. I'll just use this one. Great. Less to do. Which is I sad.
0: Just, I just wonder if the drawings and the videos that he was watching in class, he was watching videos about bullets, about violent shootings in class, if those were cries for help. And at that point, someone could have intervened. I think that's also mm-hmm. a big portion of why they were charged. Because it's, it's not like this came completely out of the blue. But the mm-hmm. timeline is really tight. They were The parents were literally told that day that he's drawing these weird things in class that are very scary. The school does not force them to take him home. They both return to work and Jennifer Crumbly is at work when she finds out that there is an active shooter at Oxford High School and she starts screaming and she texts Ethan saying, don't do it. I mean... She clearly knew that that was a possibility that he was going right. to do that. Like, I I feel like most people wouldn't think. I don't think that's their first thought. Like, I think most right, people- Right, your first
1: reaction should be, is,
0: are you okay? Not, right. don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. And Jennifer Crumbly had sent the picture, a picture of what Ethan had drawn in class to her horse- instructor the person that owned the barn she sent that picture to her earlier that day she also sent the picture to her boss and when her the person who owned her barn heard that there was a shooter she was like i know who the shooter is after seeing that picture
1: mm-hmm.
0: and again it's easy in hindsight to say that these are warning behaviors where you should have known and it was reasonable that you should have predicted and prevented the this happening and I think if that if the Crumblies had told the school that he had access to a gun this could have all been prevented
1: right but here's the other thing is they don't have to if every person who has a gun in their home has to report that to the school mm. you're looking at two thirds of the population
0: in our sure. country having to say that but not all of those kids that have access to guns at their house Not all of them are drawing pictures of guns and blood and writing disturbing things and getting caught doing disturbing things in school. That would have been a good point to tell them, you know, we just actually bought him a gun earlier this week.
1: And I think that's where the father, they're going to bring him into it because it's not it's something that he probably didn't even if he grew up around them and it's normal in their household, he might not even have triggered to it when he absolutely should have when you're being presented
0: this information mm. and you know his father also went home after hearing that there was a shooter at oxford high school to look for the gun at their house and he called number one saying that the gun is not here and my son is at the school Andy. Yeah.
1: And it's behaviors like that. Like Clearly, your his parents were aware that this was a possibility. They just right. didn't want to accept it. And I think, that, again,
0: that's part of why that charge came through. Right. I think that's where they dropped the ball. I think that's where they ran before charges were even pressed against them because they knew that they could have prevented this that day, at least. I don't know about prior to that day, but definitely that day they had an opportunity to and, do something and right, did it, and, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. But did the school, did the school also have a responsibility to say, get this kid out of here because his behaviors are disturbing and alarming?
1: Yeah, and so what are your thoughts on that? Because there, after the fact, there were two cases filed against Oxford Community Schools um, in December for negligence on the school's behalf. And because Ethan had shown so many warning signs And they didn't really, they didn't mandate anything to happen. It was all, hey, we suggest you do this. They're very compliant. Hmm. Uh, And they were a million, hundred million dollars for each lawsuit against the school district, the superintendent
0: and the principal. I do think that there was a moment that day that the school could have intervened as well. I just don't know if it was as reasonable. I don't know. But like you're saying, a lot of people in this community have guns. A lot of people in this country have guns. A lot of people are able to access weapons and school shootings are a huge epidemic happening right now. So maybe on the school's part, maybe that would have been a good time to run a risk assessment of Ethan to have him perhaps go to the hospital if he is showing signs that he because it was it was stated by I think the guidance counselor but they were worried about his safety, about him harming himself. And that's why Ethan wasn't sent home by himself, because his parents weren't going to be there. Mm-hmm. So maybe that would have been a good point to call in a social worker to the school, to call in an ambulance, to take him to the ER, to be have a psych evaluation. I don't know, though, which of those things is the appropriate reaction for a school to have in this situation. I guess. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Well, my thought was, like, I know when all of this kind of was happening, or even back in, like, 2012, or I think it was when the Sandy Hook shooting happening, there was a conversation of, like, arming teachers in schools, which mm-hmm. I personally don't think should be a thing. They're, it changes the dynamic of a student-teacher relationship. But what about, put in specifically looking with school shootings, putting a... Licensed social worker in the schools who has the capability to section someone or put someone on a hold if needed. When you have a student showing all of these behaviors, you're generally concerned for his safety, other safety, and the parents aren't taking that responsibility. Having someone in the building who's able to go, okay, well, if you're not going to, we're going to put him on a hold and we will take him to go see someone also could cross a line but it's an interesting avenue when you have parents who are kind of denying the situation
0: i do think that would be better and the truth is that that those kind of policies vary by state and right. there are some states where that is the and that's what i'm talking about risk assessment because there i was looking and new york for example if there's a if this situation was happening, that would have been the policy to bring in a social worker to evaluate the situation. Someone who's like an LCSW, I guess. And they would be able to help them connect to resources that they may need. Um, They could also decide that this person needs to go to the hospital. They also have more authority with the parents than the school probably does. But in Michigan, there is no such policy. It's, it was at the discretion of the guidance counselor, essentially, which is just a different, yeah. it's a different level of accountability and responsibility. Yeah. But it's also, and I think is, it, yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Because if you do that, then it could also help with like the school to prison pipeline that's so prevalent in the United States could also kind of prevent mental health concerns that lead people into those futures.
0: I just, yeah, I think it's a reality that there are a lot of teenagers that are struggling with mental health issues and that in this country that's manifesting in violence in a lot of situations. And it's not always a mental health issue that leads to a mass shooting, but I think that Mm -hmm. it's pretty... Like we were saying, there are warning signs that are being displayed and it would be good to always have someone doing additional screenings to prevent this from happening because it is so traumatic and I think that they probably will win those lawsuits because this is horrifyingly traumatic and I think that there's some liability on the school and some liability on the parents and ultimately the balls were just dropped here and... Ethan was displaying a lot of different warning signs and he was not brought to a hospital. He was not brought to a therapist. He did not see a doctor. It was allowed to just kind of continue.
1: Right. And I think there actually, in my opinion, was one positive that did come out from this overall, like this whole tragedy. it's not good at all. But the one thing that did come out of it is Michigan as a state changed some laws. Oh, I saw that. So In Massachusetts, which is, I know a lot of the gun laws up there, there are storage laws where your firearm has to be in a certain type of box. It has to be transported a certain way. You can only have so much ammo within proximity. There's a whole list of things you have to know before you're allowed to purchase Mm -hmm. and then maintain Michigan didn't have any of those laws. So when this incident happened, there were no safe storage laws in place. So technically, the father didn't break any laws. He, They wow. were in their perfect right to leave it in the trunk, to leave it out. There was nothing mandating them to do anything. And because I couldn't figure out why they kept focusing on that. And then I learned that there were no laws to begin with. And... As of February of 2024, the state itself actually passed and started implementing a safe storage law where you're mandated to own a safe in your home if you have guns in your household, which I think, particularly when you have minor children in your home, is definitely something that should be in there.
0: A hundred percent. I think that is
1: one good thing that came out of this. Not that this was a good circumstance, but it brought light to something that could help future issues. Because since 2011, school shootings have tripled in our country. Yet the purchase gun rate has stayed exactly the same since 2007. And this was all on Hive if anyone else wants to look it up. But it's interesting, like there's something in our society is changing. And if you don't have any requirements on where to store things, At least that's
0: some kind of safeguard to help the issue, maybe. I definitely think it's a great idea. It's a good change. It's a positive outcome. It's obviously sad how that had to be arrived at, and it seems kind of common sense, and that probably should have been always Mm -hmm. a rule. I don't know why there's been such an intense increase in mass shootings and i know 2021 was particularly bad i do Mm -hmm. think the part of the big reason that the parents were charged in this case was to set a precedent to try to prevent this from happening in the future and i think it's a good goal i don't know if it's going to achieve that goal um but ultimately i think that more parents are going to be charged
1: yeah, and I was reading an article, um, I can't remember what newspaper it was with, but they are a little concerned about the precedents that could be set, mm-hmm. because criminal law is so directly connected to the power of the administration, but also the pressures of the community in our country, where there have been plenty of cases that have been gone to court that shouldn't have because the community pretty much demanded it. Um, This is not that case, but what they were kind of expressing is any concern of marginalized communities who do typically have younger children involved in criminal justice already, Mm. having lower income parents now facing criminal charges for their children's behavior, how that could then affect the overall family. So if you have a household with six kids, one kid decides to join a gang and does some gang activity, your parents now charge, now you have four kids or five kids in the foster system. Like, they were just kind of concerned of what door does that open? Is it going to stay with mass shooters and tragedies, or is it going to open to any behavior that
0: your child does? I wonder if there would have been any more leeway or maybe a plea offered if the Crumblies had more kids because their only child is Ethan and Ethan's in prison. So I think maybe if they had five other kids, maybe there would have been, at least there would have been a, I don't know if the public view would have changed, but I think it would have been a different level of empathy for them and that maybe there would have been some accommodations and maybe a plea offered. Um, i don't I don't love the idea of every violent minor's parents being charged. I think it's very specific circumstances that should lead to this kind of situation. I even during all the research that I did about this case, I felt very conflicted about whether Jennifer should be convicted or not. and I had to really put aside a lot of my, judgments about what I think her parenting skills were like because it's not that's not really the issue the issue to me is what she did that day and how she failed that day and I think that she was ultimately she did not stand in the way and it was a short enough time frame and it was predictable enough but I think that Most gang-based, it's just not the same kind of circumstance. I don't see how that... I mean, I could see how it could spin to that. But I definitely don't want that as an outcome. I don't think that that's always appropriate.
1: No, and I agree. I'm hoping that's not the avenue it goes. That was just that particular article's concern, which I definitely could see as a possibility. And that's what's scary. Um, Because... I'm curious if the laws are going to start to change because I think a quote from the case that I have is she failed to do her legal duty to exercise reasonable care to control their minor child to prevent the minor child to intentionally harming others. But like it doesn't define what her legal duty and what reasonable care is. And that's where that kind of gray area comes in with, Pretty much any law in our
0: country is gray. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, it is a nuanced issue. And I don't think that it's, a, I don't think that this can be applied to all shootings. I do wonder if shootings from the past or ones that have occurred since 2021, if more parents are going to be charged in connection with those, um, just because of this new precedent that's been set.
1: Yeah, it will be interesting because I think the other parent, and I don't have it in front of me, but the other parent was a mother of like a four-year-old who shot someone at a playground by accident with a gun they found or something. Mm. Um, Terrible. So it'll be interesting how things kind of change overall with parents, but also with parents of children who do tra- like tragic incidences.
0: Yes, I think a good start is increasing rules about storage, safe storage of funds. It's very important. I mean, kids need to be, if if you're going to have them in your house, which I have conflicted feelings about, they do need to be taught to respect them, but also to know that they absolutely do not have access to them without supervision.
1: Yeah, because if they're just out and about, like... And you think of, like, little kids, not necessarily, Ugh. like, Ethan, who's 15, but if you have a little kid, they touch everything. <laughs> like, yeah, they just, they're curious, and that's the fear for that one. And then as you get older, you have kids like Ethan, who clearly are disturbed to a degree. You just don't know, and, like, moody, God, teenagers make terrible decisions already, let alone Ethan. So having that implemented, I think is a good good tactic if you're going to keep them in a home with a child who is expressing concerning
0: behavior for sure. Definitely.
1: Well, her her husband will be interesting. I know. I am going to watch. Don't think has started. I think it's uh, in March. Upcoming
0: March twenty twenty four.
1: So it would be very curious to see if he gets a new venue. I don't think he will, but I'll be very curious if they grant him that.
0: It's it's hard though because with social media, it's your your physical location is not your only it's not the only people that know about it. You know, right. it, this did gain national and international attention, but I agree that it will be harder for him to get a jury that doesn't know about it if he stays in that same area because I think mm-hmm. this was quite a big deal. In Michigan
1: yeah or even just have some kind of that connection of like I know someone who went to that school that it could have been my kid or
0: mm.
1: I know the teacher like there's it's a community so like having some kind of connection to that school definitely probably exists for the majority so I see his want but like you said when you have social media and everyone has such public access to information from around the country I don't think it's gonna make a difference He's going to get the same outcome.
0: Yeah. That's true. I think he's... I think he's... um, I think he's going to get convicted, but it will be interesting because, like you said, the storage rules around the guns weren't in place yet, so I I just, like, will like to see how his case differs from Jennifer because I, I do think Jennifer's trial may be focused a little too much on her affair, and just kind of shaming her and making her seem like a terrible person. So she must be a terrible mother. Yeah. And I, I think there's going to be a lot less of that with James, even though I wouldn't be surprised if he's also having affairs.
1: Oh, yeah. Wouldn't shock me. Um, we'll see. But I, I agree. I think it'll be interesting where hers was, you're a bad mother. And his, I think is going to go more of the, you did things wrong. Which, an interesting tactic.
0: Yeah. And I was going to say, it's not illegal to be a bad mother, but there are points where it is. Um, Yeah. I guess that's that's what we're running against here, is did she cross the line? And Mm -hmm. the jury has spoken that she did. So, I guess we'll see what James has to say for himself, if he testifies on his own behalf, like Jennifer did.
1: That also surprised me because it's not normally something that defense attorneys want is to put the client up on the stand because it opens the door to being questioned. Yeah. Uh, So that was an interesting, it didn't work in their favor, but it's an interesting choice they took.
0: (laughs) Well, I didn't really want to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Her defense attorney was not good. She was a mess. I felt like she seemed very disorganized. She seemed like she never knew what she was talking about. She was all over the place. She everything she did was off putting. I just did not I did not really love her defense attorney. I thought the prosecutors were pretty good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know if James has the same lawyer. Oh, it, it might be a whole different case with a different attorney. Yeah,
1: which brings back up that concern though of how our justice system works is if you're guilty or not, or you should be charged or not, if you don't have a good attorney, you're probably going to lose.
0: Right. I mean, it's hard to tell if the attorney was bad or they just had an awful case at certain points.
1: True. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm honestly point. not
0: sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> probably a combination.
0: Probably a combination. All right. Well, very interesting. I think that more of these cases, unfortunately, will continue to happen, and will evolve with them, but I I enjoyed this to whatever extent you can.
1: Yes, any final
0: thoughts? I don't think so. Um oh, right. you know what? I do I do have a final thought. Don't post things on Facebook because it will come back to haunt you. They literally spent oh. hours of this trial going through Jennifer's Facebook posts. Words to live by. And it's yeah. I just don't think that ever helps anyone in, in when it goes to court, it doesn't help to have documentation. Mm-hmm. So don't <laughs> provide documentation for the court.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, very good. Well, it was great to talk about this case with you. You and too. You too. To our next
0: mother. Me too. Very soon. Coming at you. All right. All have right. a good one. Have a good one.